Welcome to another edition of GW Unspoken, coming to you tonight from North Brisbane. And welcome to you all who are joining in with the show. And this is all about discuss. We discuss stuff we don't typically talk about, but probably should. And tonight, I'm going to ask a few little questions out there, wherever you may be, whether you're going for your run or your gym, workout, or whether you're at brekkie or in the car. I've heard, again, some students who are listening to this in their break time. I don't know if that's allowed on their phones, but um, just wanted to thank you for joining in and I guess one of the interesting ones I think I want to talk about today is the feeling of insignificance. And I was talking to a, a student recently and one of the students was saying that, you know, they just feel so small in the world. They're like, I'm just like an ant's foot, sir. I mean, when you look at the big scheme of things, I'm going through a fair bit of anxiety and depression and I just don't feel like I'm significant at all when you think about the big picture. And I was out on a trampoline, looking at the stars, just thinking, wow, I'm just so small in this world. And she was talking about how she used some of the strategies we talked about, such as journaling. And journaling is a really big one for anyone out there, whether you're a teen or a child or an adult, older person. And the way journaling works is that if you're feeling bad or having a bad day, you can always just get your pen and paper when no one's around and actually start writing down some of the things that you feel. And it could be, hey, I'm not going to even write in this stupid journal tonight because I hate it and it sucks. That could be one of the entries you put in there. And you might date it, time it, but it might also make you feel good that you just got some anger out, some frustrations. It might have a cathartic effect. The other thing journaling does, it also allows you to express those feelings when you want to write them down. And it gets it out of the back of your head. And I've heard this from a guidance officer before where she said that a lot of times people, they, they have a problem and they think, oh, it's not too bad, so I'll put it in my head. Then another problem comes in, they put that in the back of the head and something else happens, it's negative, and they put that in the back of the head and suddenly their head's overloaded and they just explode. There's something small might trigger that. And then they explode. And I don't know if you've actually felt that yourself. But it's important to know that when you get those feelings out and you've got no one to talk to or you don't want to talk to anybody, sometimes the journaling works really well. And she was saying that some of the strategies we used to help her getting over her feeling of anxiousness or feeling down was she actually invested into others again. And we talked about it before in other shows, but she'd go around the campus and ask how others are feeling. And she'd smile. And the way the neuros work in our brain is that it's mirroring neurons so if you smile they smile and so she put a fake smile on her face and people would smile back and then they'd be more in tune to actually want to talk to her and she'd really listen and empathize the way because getting part of that story whatever feedback she was getting from that question like how are you feeling today what's been going on in your life and how's your family and she found that she started feeling really good only because she was really I guess attuned to the fact that she was listening to how the other person was talking and empathy and listening are two of the most important social emotional skills, probably soft skills that are out there. And a lot of us listen to be heard. So I think that was one of the biggest skills she used. So although she felt like she was feeling so insignificant because you're so tiny in this world, it's this little tiny part, this, this crow's foot or this ant's foot, I said don't ever underestimate the actual influence you'll have on people who you're talking to. And I wonder how you're feeling right now you listen to this. Are there people that you check in on every day that you take for granted that it may not mean much? You might go past somebody and just say hello and it could be the only hello they get the whole day. So I want to think about the people that you talk to every single day and it might change day to day, but who are the people you actually talk to? And, and it, it, I wonder if it actually does make a difference. Just listening to them, just empathising, paraphrasing, saying, hey, that sounds really cool, tell me more about that. And when you unpack more about people and how they're feeling, it, it in turn helps you with your emotions, and also the endorphins going through your body and how you might feel. The other thing I really want to talk about tonight is, 
our blame versus accountability and Don't Sweat the Small Stuff is a great little book to talk about little tiny things about improving your social emotional well-being but also your attitude. So I guess what's some things you can control or influence? Because remember, influence is where it's a win-win. Manipulation is where you just get what you want at the expense of somebody else. Blame's massive. It's easy for us to blame people for how we're feeling or how we're reacting or where we are in life. We need to have accountability. And I think parents out there, we've got a really big, I suppose, important thing we need to do. And this is one of the biggest problems we're finding in schools. And you talk to guidance officers and it's very common across a lot of schools. We need to make sure that we don't dismiss and we don't enable people. We need to actually empower our kids. And what I mean is this. If you're a child or you think about yourself, right, if you're having a social emotional issue, let's say you're really down and you're in, we know that over 50% of kids now have a mental illness and that's actually a fact. I think two-fifths have actually been actually diagnosed. So imagine how many people are not diagnosed and that's a lot. If you're feeling discomfort and you're not willing to break through that wall of discomfort and us as parents keep giving our kids a way out, Every time we avoid that discomfort for those students or our kids, we are actually increasing their discomfort. We're making it worse. If we keep saying, hey, don't worry about doing this, we'll help you with that. Or, look, you don't have to do that. You don't really have to do that. It's going to be okay. We'll look after you and you can do this instead. What it does, it builds up a poor resilience factor for our kids. And life is then too easy for our kids. And when we enable them or save them, they don't get a chance of getting to that discomfort and therefore they don't get that empowerment. And I've heard a lot of times because I know even back 10 or 15 years ago I was talking to another teacher and they said, well, look, I just don't like my kids having to go through things I had to go through and I don't think it's fair. But at the end of the day it actually made and shaped that person to who they are. The problem with that is that every time we do avoid discomfort for our kids and we either enable them or we dismiss the problem for them, The brain learns this and therefore it does not become resilient. We know that the brain always looks for avoidance of pain. So we need to step up as parents, as employers, even in your relationships. You need to ensure you're accountable and rebuild that resilience wall. We know that our kids or ourselves, we never grow from our comfort zone. So it's either going to be failure or it's going to be fruition. And we know that we can learn through failure. And that's where our success comes. So if we can have for our kids rules, structure, boundaries, predictability, and and consequences, that actually matches our world. That's actually what real life is. We need to stop enabling our kids. We need to stop letting them have the easy workaround and saving them because it does not empower them. It does not build resilience. And when they go to an environment that's not like a school structure where there's no safety, it actually makes them less involved or less set up for success. What are some of the things that you can do to actually improve the success of your kids, of your team? How can we have strategies to build through that resilience wall? How can we work with people through this? Thank you for joining in GW Unspoken.